All right, guys. Hello and welcome to the first or second live episode of the Canadian Bowler Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Caldwell, and I'm with once uh, once again and always my co-host, Daryl Fitzgerald. Hey, Luke. What's going on, buddy? Not much, Daryl. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's been a good uh, good a few weeks, I think, with uh, with the stream and and how things have actually uh, come along. Yeah, I agree, Daryl. It has been really good. Seems like we got a lot of good feedback, and it's uh, it's been a pretty good time. Uh, I'd just like to remind everybody that's watching today that we do have a live chat on the side, so if anyone wants has anything they would like to say at all, comments, questions, questions for the guests, questions for me, Daryl, whoever, don't be afraid to type them in there. And as always, we love feedback from everybody. Absolutely. Uh, this, this is meant to be an interactive show. This is meant to be uh, something that we do... Um, live with the audience so anything that you guys can say to us um in the chat um let us know how things are looking to the stream because uh every once in a while things may look good to us and not look good to you so um if you're experiencing any technical difficulties let us know <clears throat> sorry well we're still working on the stream and uh still kind of perfecting what we want to do with this so um yeah you know let us know let us know you're out there so what do you think, Daryl? Should we start it off hot here and uh, bring on the uh, the mystery guest? Uh, why not? Uh, hopefully right. everybody saw the the little uh, preview of the Canadian Bowler and, and kind of guessed right. where that shirt belongs. Well, Daryl, can I have a quick drum roll, please? All right. Coming in from Winnipeg, Manitoba, <laughs> he is what one might say the handsomest lawn bowler in Canada. Uh, my great friend and great person, Rob Law. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Hey, Rob. How, how you doing? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? All good, man. You just asked Perfect. us that, Rob. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> Off to a great start. See, I think this could be the first and the last ever live guest interview, depending on how well this goes. Well, the first and last <laughs> one with you, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, definitely. <laughs> So, Rob, let's start this off with an easy one. I'll give you a softball here. Uh, tell me, uh, who is Rob Law today? Uh, well, Rob Law today is currently a law student uh, on reading break. So I'm currently at Dalhousie University in Halifax, uh, but I'm back in Winnipeg for the week, uh, heading back on Sunday. So right now that consumes a lot of my time. Um, but beyond that, uh, I'm still a lawn bowler at heart, even in the off season. So, so working hard away, but... Uh, but mainly focusing on studies right now, and uh, that keeps me pretty busy for the most part. Right on. And uh, I heard you say something there about uh, still working in the offseason. For uh, people out there who maybe don't have quite the coaching that you do with the national team, what do you like to do in the offseason to stay fresh for the, the upcoming season? Well, I think uh, physical fitness is a big one, uh, just kind of staying active. So for me, that, that's just kind of a 20 minutes each day, uh, some sort of routine, whatever it is. I like to change it up because I get a little bored sometimes. Um, Sure. A lot of a lot of mental preparation or, or training and, and working on yourself and uh, really the way I look at it is you're you're building yourself as a person either way so it's kind of nice to work on whatever little aspects you want to touch on in your personal life and they can translate over to bowling in in a lot of ways. Awesome, uh, Rob. So I mean, um, you grew up in in Manitoba and playing in Manitoba. Um, one thing I think I want to know and hopefully other people want to know is. Um, being in Manitoba, why did you gravitate towards bowls? And I guess after you got hooked, 
why do you still play? Yeah, I think, uh, well, obviously, I'm the classic story of my grandma brought me out. So shout out to Betty there. Uh, <laughs> she, she got me into the sport. Uh, shout so out Betty Gundy. There you go. <laughs> um, so she, uh, she brought me out. I was about nine years old. And by the time I was 12, I was hooked. And uh, I think in Manitoba, it's kind of great. I, get to, I got to play against some of the top level players for, for a lot of it. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, there's the, there's the picture right there. Uh, so I was pretty young, obviously, a uh, very young face too. Um, but yeah, me- meeting people when I went away to Montreal the first time. I think Luke was there uh, watching uh, Jesse. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, but but to be there and meet everyone from across Canada, that's what really kept me in the game. Uh, of the great friends you meet. Uh. Yeah. For those that uh, that want to know what picture he's talking about. It's, oh, no. a, it's, it's a picture of Rob in his uh, old Bulls Bulls Manitoba <laughs> shirt. The what was it? Cotton. <laughs> the, hor- the horse blankets, yeah. Yeah. And buttoned up all the way. You can tell I had a lot of style back then. All three buttons done off. Very good. Yeah, look at those shoes. Oh, there's some nice Adidas you got going on. Oh, I feel yeah. I feel a little bad about your back ankle there. Oh, this is a good one. Now, what I wanted to know was. Give us a little background about this photo. This is one of my favorite photos. I took it personally, so what do you think about it? All right, well, I guess background to the photo, I'm pretty sure this is right before a game. Apparently, I'm in a fantastic mood. Um, Just put the sunscreen on, I guess, (laughs) and uh, looked straight into the sunlight, and you captured the great moment of me just squinting and smiling all at once (laughs) in a beautiful fashion, I must add. You look great, bud. (laughs) <laughs> and I've, I've got one more which i think is a little better photo for you anyway this stuff oh uh, yeah there, we are. there you go yeah that's a that's a good one ap's after the fours uh we had a, a great game against hong kong to to get into the semifinals there in the extra end where cam came clutch on the, the i think it was the second last draw i guess but uh but to win that one was really cool and then we had a good little battle against new zealand Unfortunately, lost that, but uh, to win bronze with these guys was pretty cool, I must say. Neat. Yeah, Rob, you've uh, you've completed, uh, competed at the international stage a few times now. Do you think uh, the APs of the last year, I guess, would be your your favorite event so far? Certainly, definitely one of them. It was cool to to kind of play with the big boys, I guess, for the first time. It was uh, a neat experience and overwhelming <laughs> at times. Also, I mean, to pair up with Bester to be the for my first ever game with the big boys it was, it was pretty cool i must admit and and somewhat of a surreal moment when you're growing up in canada obviously watching bulls best is a big name so uh yeah to, to, to get that chance was was really neat uh it's got to be up there i think going to play at the world youth the first time with you actually would be one of a great experience too to put that maple leaf on for the first time away from the country was pretty cool yeah, man, that was a good time. It was always been kind of neat. Like our relationship, we kind of started around the same time and kind of grew up in the sport together. So it was it was neat to uh, crack that stage with a friend and someone I've been around for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Rob, um, having having been to pretty much everything um, at every level, so you've you've played obviously in in Manitoba. Uh, you've played provincially. You've played uh, nationally and internationally. Um, what are some of the things that you've taken away from those experiences that you think have uh, made you a better bowler? I think the first thing is just confidence in yourself. Um, certainly that's something that's it's hard to have uh, at each level, especially when you're breaking in. 
Um, but the more familiar you get with it, or the more iterations you get at each event, you become more familiar and, and are able to kind of perform and get in your own zone. Uh, and be trusting your own processes is a big thing, um, knowing what you can do and, and what you're capable of. Obviously, I'm not known for the big hitting uh, shots. So, you know, um, when I was younger, that was a big thing I had to learn was that uh, that's not my specialty. And uh, I needed to kind of focus on on being better at just playing the draw game and, and really being consistent with that and knowing that uh, some people would, it's not as uh, flashy as other people. I don't get the bomb like Luke or you, but uh, <laughs> but I can throw a little sizzler once in a while. And that's uh, having confidence in your own game is important, I think. Perfect. And Rob, I think uh, you said something there about not throwing the bomb. And uh, I think that actually worked out really good in your favor because there's a lot of guys who I've known over the years who rely on the bomb and they think because they want to be a back-end player, so they always want to throw the big heater. And you've always been a kind of guy to stay away from it unless you absolutely need to throw it. And I think that's really good because you've made it uh, okay with yourself to stay as a front-end player because just as much as the back-end, still, you're still part of the team, you're still winning games. So I think, that's, uh, I think that's definitely an asset that you have. Yeah, I think in Canada especially, you're always trying to people are always trying to filter up towards the back end. Uh, but obviously, as you move up to higher levels, the the front end you can't hide any players on any team. So, so to have that strong front end is important. And Betty used to hate when I would throw a runner, so I'd I'd get crap when I went back <laughs> for uh, for throwing any sort of weight. Usually, I'd have to justify it. That's for sure. <laughs> Rob, so Eva, uh, how long have you been bowling for now, Rob? Uh, this will be either my 14th or 13th season. One of the two. Wow. I was right. trying to today. Ah, not bad. Not and uh, what would you say is your least and most favorite Bulls moment that you have? Oh, well, <laughs> I think uh, I think the least favorite moments have to be uh, some of those hard losses. Uh, I think back to, to Winnipeg. Uh, what was it? 2018. Uh, when the under-25s are here, uh, playing in the finals uh, in your hometown, obviously you have some high expectations. The the great Owen Kirby beat me that day. Uh, he played <laughs> played a great game. So, uh, curses to Daryl. Yeah, curses to you, Daryl, for doing a great job coaching, and, and congratulations <laughs> to Owen, obviously. Uh, but that was a bit of a heartbreaker, obviously. Uh, uh, and then I think Vancouver losing the final there as well. Those those ones stick with you a little extra. Um, but some of the great moments, I think. I mean, off the green, there's there's been some great moments with people and getting to know people from across the country. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think APs getting that bronze medal and, and being able to walk up there and and accept that medal was has got to be a highlight of the career though so far at least. Uh, oh, I'm just gonna read a little chat message from Ralph Ellis here. Uh, Since draw weight in Canada is frequently striking weight in Australia, are you a better hitter on faster surfaces? Yeah, the quick answer to that is definitely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I still try and stick with the draw game uh, in Australia. Well, as a front-end player, I, I definitely have to. But um, when we were playing in the under-25s, uh, I, I stayed with a pretty pretty he heavy draw game. Um, certainly, there are times where my draws uh, take up Canadian weight by accident. Uh, <laughs> but that's a lack of mental focus at times. Um, but no, I stick with the, the sizzler would be about as hard as I go in Australia or any sort of fast-paced green. So for those of you that don't know, uh, we've kind of coined the term the sizzler for uh, for Rob's drives because they're not super, super rocket-like fast, um, but they're not draws either. So they're kind of that middle in-between weight where you're just kind of sizzling it down the green. Right? 
<laughs> it's kind of funny when you watch him throw them too, because most guys stand up a little bit straighter and get a little bit bigger backswing. <laughs> Rob's is more of just like a push draw, push draw through the backboard. So it's all good. Whatever's effective, right, guys? Whatever's effective. Exactly. So Rob, uh, we talked a little bit about bowls today. Sorry, dude, I didn't mean to cut. Oh no, no problem. Um, we talked a little bit about bowls today, Rob. What What are some of your favorite activities you like to partake in outside of bowls? Maybe like, if, say, if you're away at an event, you want trying to get your mind off uh, the tough game you just had or a big win. Just something to kind of get you back into like a regular mental state. What do you think uh, is your favorite things to do outside of the sport? Uh, well, definitely in Broad Beach, the go-to for me is uh, a walk down the beach or just any sort of walk. I mean, the scenery around there is so beautiful, and I think sometimes. When you get wrapped up in the, the game, you can forget how lucky you are to be away at such a, a beautiful spot. Um, in Canada, uh, I think it's finding some sort of niche thing. Quite often we're in kind of smaller towns or, or not necessarily the big cities. Uh, and so finding whatever is unique about those cities is always kind of one of my favorite things to do. And, and I think generally when we go away, we find a, a fun little spot to be in and make it our own for the week. And, and so returning to that is kind of a good way to do it for me. Awesome, man. Um, with you having been around bowls for, for so long, I mean, you're still a young age, but uh, you've been bowling for quite a long time. Um, what kind of uh, bonds and friendships and, uh, uh, I guess, community have you built up around, uh, built up for yourself around bowls? And what has bowls meant to you as far as um, just having those relationships uh, in Canada and maybe around the world? Yeah, I think I think I'm very fortunate for just to have such a network around Canada. I mean, uh, obviously this year I moved out to Nova Scotia, um, and I needed to find an apartment even in uh, April before we left, and I wanted to get it so I could text Jackie Foster, uh, who's a Nova Scotia bowler. She um, she looked at my apartment for me actually. So to have that kind of uh, support network and be able to go pretty much anywhere in the country at this point and and be able to text someone and say, hey, I'm in town for a bit. Uh, do you want to hang out? It's I feel very lucky to have that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the, the friendships you make, uh, we all share something that you don't get to share with a lot of people uh, in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, and to have that passion in common is, it's something pretty cool, I think. And uh, I, you know, you take it for granted at times, having it for the last 12 years, but, but it's pretty, it's a pretty neat experience for sure. Now, when you started, Rob, you were a pretty young guy. Uh, I know myself personally, I was also young and I went through a lot of, uh, I don't know if we call it bullying, but a lot of uh, trash talk, let's just call it, from other people outside the sport. Did you ever receive any of that from anybody, like whether it be friends or random people? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the classic is I thought that was an old person sport, uh, and that's that's an unfortunate <laughs> one to hear, but uh, very used to it by now. But um, yeah, no, definitely a lot of times, especially in the summers when friends want to go away for uh, to the lake or something as you're getting older. Um, in Manitoba, that's a big thing. And for me, it was, I'm sorry, I got a bowl this weekend or, you know, I got practice or, or something like that. And it's hard, hard to explain to people, but when you have a, such a short season, uh, you got to make the most of it. And, and it was really, it came back to something that I, I really enjoyed and loved. Uh, and I won't, I won't act like there weren't hard times where it was really frustrating to be a lawn bowler, but, uh, but ultimately you come back to that, you get out there and you just forget about it. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, putting bowls aside for just a second, um, what kind of stuff do you do outside of bowls? Like when you're not bowling, when you're not, uh, obviously you're in school, but when you're not in school, uh, what kind of things do you do for fun and entertainment? What are your favorite things outside of bowls? <laughs> uh, right now school takes a ton of my time up, uh, but a recent thing I've been getting into, and it's, 
it was uh, I was hesitant to get into it, but uh, I really enjoyed it. It's hot yoga, actually. So that's kind of really? my unwind routine. Yeah, it's uh, I, I never I get lightheaded standing out of the hot tub or like a bathtub sometimes. So I thought <laughs> that would be no good for me. Um, but you know what? I really enjoy it, actually. Uh, it's it's certainly a little different as well. But I mean, being a lawn bowler, I'm used to that, I guess. Um, but no, I, I like to do that uh, quite often. Whenever we're done reading, me and my roommate, I'll sit down. We'll watch a good episode of Live PD. Uh, it's a, the favorite show at the moment. All right. Uh, when you when I'm back in Winnipeg, uh, definitely going to be checking out the Forks, uh, and we have a new market called the Hargrave Market, which has got some cool little restaurants and uh, a little craft brewery. So, so to go out there and unwind with some friends uh, and catch up. That's usually a. I don't really have a routine necessarily, but but like to kind of catch up with people, mingle, and and see who I haven't seen in a little while. Nice. Sounds like a good time. Now, uh, Rob, do you play any other sports aside of bowls? Uh, well, growing up in Manitoba, you also have to be an avid curler. Um, so I picked up curling when I was uh, in high school. Uh, I don't play in any leagues right now, but uh, I've been sparing for a couple out at uh, in Halifax. So that's that's been good. Um, beyond that, uh, I'll dabble in some beach volleyball if uh, if that's Ooh. around. Nothing nothing structured, uh, or or some frisbee or whatever. Um, but nothing nothing structured, unfortunately. It's usually just lawn bowling or or curling. So, uh, I guess I'll jump back right into bulls. Um, being a young guy and being one of the youngest that's on the national team right now, um, what what do you attribute your success? So, coming up through juniors, through under twenty fives, um, getting into the development squad, and then finally getting into the senior squad, and obviously uh, by some of the pictures you've medaled internationally. Uh, what do you attribute? that kind of progression and, and your achievement so far, uh, what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I, I think I got got really lucky in the sense of uh, not being a very good hitter growing up and, you know, growing up with a coach that told me I needed to to kind of play a draw game. So I, I spent a lot of time developing that over the years. And then I, I hope I'm okay to share this, but you and I had a great talk um, <laughs> a few years back about how, you know, our, where our team needed uh, the most kind of, positional support was going to be that front end. Uh, and so ultimately it was a really combination of just focusing on that. And uh, I think growing up as a kid, you always, you always dream about having that last shot moment, right? Where you can win the medal for your team and, you know, rah, rah, all that. Um, but ultimately it's, it's changing your focus from being, you know, maybe the best bowler there is to, to now something that I tell myself quite re- regularly is I want to be the best lead there is and best one out there for that. Uh, and that's something I strive towards now. And it's, you know, changing changing your perspective, I think that's really helped for me. Uh, and then really just focusing your drills on that. Uh, it can be fun to go hit a bunch of stuff. Um, but for me, that's not building my game in the way that I need to. And it's certainly an important aspect to have in your back pocket and you do practice it. But, but you know, I focus a lot on those weight adjustment drills, uh, consistency. The caterpillar is something that I do quite regularly and just kind of getting back to the basics. Uh, I find that's that's something that I really find right before a tournament. Just go and work on the basics. Uh, find find that again, and then you can really rely on those as you go through the week. Very nice. That sounds like uh, sounds like you got a pretty good uh, head on your shoulders for what you're trying to do, Rob. It seems like you got a pretty, <laughs> you're pretty pretty wrapped around what you're trying to get uh, going there. Uh, what do you what would you say um, sort of like your your biggest goal or like your end goal in the sport would be? I, I think uh, everyone wants to be able to get that World Bulls medal or the Calm Games medals. Um, 
for me, I think I my end goal is I, I want to be able to kind of leave this game and, and be able to look back and be proud of whatever whatever accomplishments I had and, and whoever I was on the green and off the green in the sport. Uh, I think to look back on the relationships you have will, will last much longer, although the hardware would always be nice. So, so a combination of the two somewhere in there. Uh, do you have any uh, aspirations beyond what you're doing now? I mean, obviously, uh, you're you're hitting at the the top level with uh, playing on the national team. But um, I guess once all that's said and done, do you have any aspirations down the road of of what you want to do in bowls or or beyond it? Yeah, I I'd love to see bowls develop in Canada. Um, I've really enjoyed being able to work kind of bowls Canada, is such a small kind of organization, to be able to work on some of the committees and. And try and help build the sport uh, from a policy aspect uh, is something that really interests me. Um, right now, I've been working a bit uh, with Athletes Can and and kind of looking at the safe sport stuff and how Bulls Canada can really start to to grow within the the larger sport community of the country. I think that's something I'd really love to see uh, as we go forward. Awesome. Just uh, reading a comment from the chat here, Rob. We got a question for you. How much time do you spend on mental preparation and re- mental rehearsal? Uh, it's hard to put a, an exact number on it each week. Uh, I have a few things I work on kind of every day that are a part of just my routine now. Uh, and then things that are part of my weekly routine. Uh, and so I'll sit down before each week and, and set out my goals. And that those include things like your personal life, uh, your bowling life, your fitness, uh, your mental preparation, how you want to feel. Um, so that, that takes about a half hour a week and then each day, maybe 15, 20 minutes in the morning. Um, I mean, the nice part about mental preparation is a lot of it is obviously up in your head. You can <laughs> control your physical, physical state to try and help with that. But, but really you can do a lot of that. I, my morning routine is kind of where I fit in a lot of my mental preparation and just kind of getting in that mindset, uh, and starting your day off right. It helps, I think in my personal life and my professional life. Uh, but it also builds that kind of uh, muscle almost for your bowling life. Right on. Uh, I guess a, a side question. Did you have anybody, um, guess that you were going to actually be on the show today, uh, by some of the, the, I guess, <laughs> images that we sent out of what is now known as the Rob Law shirt? <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to Luke about that last night. I, I think my mom might've blown the comment on Facebook. Um, so she certainly had it. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get any other ones though. I, I don't know if anyone noticed, but that is certainly my, uh, my go-to banquet shirt. <laughs> yeah. We were thinking going forward too to try and do something like that for every guest we can have on the show and, uh, leave it open-ended for everybody out there to try and guess and see who it was. Like, I don't even know if anybody noticed the one from the first episode where they had, where Daryl put, uh, Ryan Bester's silhouette there. So yeah. I think it's a good fun thing for us to do and hopefully we can, uh, trick some people and maybe some people can crack the code and get excited if they're interested in the guest or whatnot so oh we got uh john seitman he said i knew that shirt a few interesting nights at the australian open last year <laughs> oh no <laughs> majors too apparently <laughs> uh so rob uh, uh your experience at the youth um when you went there for the first time um, hitting those Australian greens for the first time. Um, can you explain how you felt and and let people know just exactly what the transition is and, and why it's so good to play down there? Yeah, I mean, obviously the greens down there are 
like pristine. Uh, there's very, very few runs. You're really just managing the wind. Uh, but obviously, when you get down there for the first time, and I think Luke can probably attest to this, we went through, when you play on those kind of speeds for the first time, it can be extremely mentally draining. Uh, you know, in Canada, you're playing on 10, 12-second greens, uh, and that's just kind of, you're used to it. You don't have to think about it. It's a routine. You just get on, and you do your thing. And uh, But when you go down there, if you get on and do your thing, you're launching that thing right through the backboard. Um, <laughs> and and certainly, there were times that we've talked, we talked a lot about that in debriefs, where, you know, you have to just, each shot needs to be mentally prepared and focused uh, and know what you're going to do. Um, so it can be very frustrating at times because you know what you want to do, you know you can do it. Um, but you know, the more time you get on those greens, uh, it really improves your technical aspects as a player uh, because you, you need to be so sound playing on something like that. It's uh, it's really a great experience, and I, I hope everyone who lawn bowls gets the chance to play on something like that at some point. It's uh, it's a treat. Nice. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree with you on the frustrating point there, Rob. It definitely is frustrating. Like when I was down there, and you you thinking and you're like oh i'll just go bull like i'm at home and then you can't do it feels like you almost like people say a lot of times oh i can't do anything right now and it's like i can't do anything for days at a time playing on these greens because i just can't figure it out and then the almost like for me personally i was beating myself like can i even bowl like why am i even here what is going on so it definitely <laughs> does take a lot of mental preparation and a lot of practice on the green to really dial yourself in and be able to get to a point where you can compete like you're at home and you can remember how to roll the bull down the green <laughs> exactly i think ryan bester in, in our last interview said it best it's even when he went down there it took him a good two three years to really develop the craft and, and understand exactly what he needed to do and that's coming from a guy who won the worlds uh and went down there being like an excellent bowler in canada it, it takes time to to get that memory going and, and understand exactly what you need to do every single bowl in order to be successful right absolutely definitely means a lot coming from a guy who's arguably one of the best players in the world too so exactly. it's not even easy for somebody of that stature so segue that uh rob what was it like to play with ryan <laughs> i it was uh, certainly a neat experience um i mean ryan is such a world-class player that uh to be his front end uh, it takes a lot of pressure off you in terms of the results you want to do um, but at the same time, it adds a little bit of pressure because you want you know he can win the game, so you don't want to be the reason he doesn't. Um, right. So, I mean, you were our coach for for that event, so so you kind of know uh, how how that was. Um, it was it was something that was I think a really great learning experience for me to see how he called the game. Um, obviously, playing on those kind of speeds, there's different danger spots that you need to cover off, and, and he's really great at at spotting those and and to just watch him place his bowls and, and where he wanted to play and the strategy was was a really great experience for me to to absorb that um there wasn't a ton of communication which was awesome we had an inside joke that we would see how many ends we could go without having to say a word to each other uh, which of course wasn't actually what we were trying to do um but it was a lot of fun um a great guy so uh yeah a great experience all around i'm glad you enjoyed your time doing that it definitely would be fun for sure yeah well, Rob, do you, uh, I think we're getting to the time in the interview where we can flip it around to you. Do you have any questions for us? Ooh, that's a good one. Where do you guys want to see this podcast in the next three months? The next three months. Ooh, that's a yeah. tough one. So I, I, I've uh, spoken publicly um, on the podcast about what I would like my biggest goal of the podcast would be to somehow be able to have a setup that we can take with us so we could interview people whether it's in the country or 
if Daryl's away in Australia, bang out a couple interviews with some big name people or when we go to the majors or any sort of event, just be able to set up a podcast in a hotel room and have uh, live in-person interviews. I think that'd be really awesome. And for the next three months, I don't know. I just, uh, the way that channel has been growing and all the support we've got is really good. So if it keeps on the same trend, I would be very, very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's been really surprising these, uh, support. I mean, um, it's nice and I, I know people, uh, were going to support it, but it's still a surprise nonetheless. Um, seeing the, the trend of the channel day over day and week over week and, Luke can attest to this. I'm uh, um, obsessed with analytics. So I'm looking at every day. It's like, okay, how many viewers did we get? How many subs? How many this? How many that? Um, I get a, a message almost every day when we get something's <laughs> going on. Um, so for me, um, for three months out, um, I want to continue on this steady growth that we're having. So we've hit, um, I don't know how many subs it says down there, 126. but it's 126, which is yep. not bad for our first couple shows. Um, if we can continue on this trajectory, um, I'd love uh, to be in and around the, the 500 sub mark somewhere in the middle of the year, if we can do that, that would be outstanding as far as I'm concerned. Awesome. And Luke, I have a question for you actually. Actually, Daryl, this works for you too. Did you guys have a launching point that you felt like in your bowling career that there was a time or some sort of lesson that made you like all the better the next time you came out, you really stepped it up kind of thing. You know, man, mine's uh, kind of weird. I'll have to throw it back. I think it was 2016. When 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 was when did I win the under 25s? Rob, was that 2016? Uh, I'd have been Vancouver. Yeah, uh, 2015, I think. So whenever it was 2015 or 16, I apologize. I can't quite remember. But I was at a point in my life and in bowls where I was going to quit. I remember I said to a lot of people, if I don't if I don't win a game, I won't be surprised. I was kind of done with it. I felt like I had no, nothing going on in the sport. I couldn't win, whatever. And then I show up to the majors, or not the majors, sorry, the under-25s, and uh, we played the Forrester Lang Paris the day before, 2016. Thank you, John Seitman. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so we're out there, and I remember saying to myself, if I lose all my games, I'm going to be a coach. Show up for the Forrester Lang Paris. I lost every single game. Did absolutely terrible. I played, uh -huh. it was... Uh, the first time I'd ever met Ozzy Chambers from BC, and he, I think he must have thought I was just garbage. And I was like, how has this kid ever won anything? Why has he ever done anything? And then showed up the next day, and I got absolutely annihilated in my first game of the under-25. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. I guess I'm quitting. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, like, no joke. I was so beat myself up so bad over it. I was ready to go throw my bowls in the lake. And then I don't know what happened. It just all, everything just clicked, and it, I beat everybody the rest of the way through and had that crazy win against Brandon in the final. And then uh, right after that, I got a call from, I uh, was Mackie Singh at the time telling me uh, stuff about the NAC and asked if I was available for that and all this other stuff. And it was just kind of like everything kind of came out of nowhere and really slapped me in the face almost. It was great. And uh, I think that's what really helped me propel myself forward. And just with the opportunities that I was given, it gave me like a new life in the sport and made me want to try a little bit more and actually get out and practice and take opportunities when people would ask me to go bowl. I would show up and I would play and to try to do my best every single time rather than just going out and rolling bowls and just being there because I felt like I had to be sort of thing. So that that's that was a turning point for me anyway. Uh, for me, I don't think it's uh, it's necessarily just one point where I said, holy shit, this is, this is changing in one way or the other. Um, 
I spent years without a coach, um, just learning from from good bowlers, I guess. And I hit a point where I kept losing bigger games. So I was getting a little bit better, um, but I hit that point where I'd get to the provincials and I'd get annihilated. And I'd go to the provincials again the next year, I'd get annihilated. And uh, switching teams, teams would come and go and uh, I would still be around. And it just starts to beat uh, down on you after a while. And I think um, at that point, I I kind of focused on, and I think it might have been over the uh, over the winter. I just kind of said to myself, "Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? Like, why am I just toiling around in the middle ranks? Um, how do I get better? What do I need to do?" And I started to just dive into uh, books and information online and. Um, and coaching and that's where the kind of the coaching came from and I think through that it just sparked me to say you know what um, even if I can't do it myself um, and I wasn't sure that I could at that time I'm going to help other people and I started coaching and I started to build more relationships with people I started to understand the game at a different level and through that uh, things just started to take off um, so I think it's just years of being beaten down and getting beaten by the Steve McCarahan's in Ontario of the world and uh, those those kind of guys that it was eventually like, what am I going to do to get over this hump? There's there's obviously a block right here that says you're not getting past. Um, you can try, but you're not getting past. What am I going to do to break that down? And it was just taking it upon myself to find those ways to break through and get to the next level. So Daryl, I don't I don't know if you've seen him here, but we have a couple a couple questions for Rob in the chat Ooh, here. All right. Shady risk. Sorry, I apologize. Oh no. It says oh. Rob Rob is an all-star bowler. I have seen him bowl in Australia. Who has been your number one supporter in terms of your friends? Uh well, Shady is actually a friend of mine. Um, <laughs> so he he would be uh, a good supporter. Um, in terms of friend groups, I'm, I'm shocked he's actually listening right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've, I've been really lucky in the support system I have at home. Um, people have been really good. Obviously, bowling is a niche sport. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to take it serious if you're not in the sport. Um, but people have been really respectful, especially within my support group of, of how serious I am about it. Uh, I'd be at a loss if I didn't thank my family for, for everything they've done for me to to make sure that I can play this sport and um, all the times and the, the weekends they've given up to, to come watch me play and support me. Uh, I've been very lucky in terms of having a great support system in the game. And uh, one more question from the, from Shady as well. Uh, Rob, who do you idolize in the world long bowls? Who is the, who is your Kobe of bowling? Uh, well, you know what? I, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I didn't idolize the Ryan Bester, um, you know, having a Canadian go out there and make the Ryan go Bester. The Ryan Becker, not just Ryan Becker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, to have someone come from Canada and make it go at it professionally was something that was really uh, a neat thing to me growing up. Uh, I mean, you gotta got to respect the Alex Marshalls of the world, and, and those guys are, are top-notch, and, and some of the shots they come up with are, are absolutely brilliant. So uh, I don't know if I have just one. I think there's combinations of everyone's games that uh, I really like to, to kind of pick and choose from. Awesome. Who do you think's uh, been like the most? Uh, how do I say this? Do you remember when uh, we were in Australia, Rob, and we met Nathan Rice, and I was just blown away? <laughs> yeah. Who who has been that type of person for you? Uh I don't. I don't know. I there's been uh, certainly a what was it? Who was 
we were playing someone in APs and I remember just sitting there being, I think it was Shannon McElroy. And I just was like, like, this is who I'm playing against right now. It was kind of a surreal, I was leading up against him in the pairs. Uh, I think it was at Helen's Vale. And it was just, it was such a kind of like step back moment and be like, wow, this, this is who I'm playing against right now. It was kind of a cool thing. I, I'd, I'd watched him play Ryan in the, the world singles, um, in the World Bowl singles finals, I guess. And and so just, just to be like, wow, I'm I'm playing against this guy right now. I'm drawn up against him. It, it was kind of a cool that was certainly a moment I was like, wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So Rob, do you have any other questions for us today? Uh well, I'd like to know what's up for you guys this season. Like what's how are you guys preparing? What are you getting ready? Oh, we're gonna win the provincial fours. the <laughs> <laughs> the uh the national and then uh, outside of that uh i hope to uh, do well in the under 25s here in peterborough at the club have a good showing there in front of the hometown guys and my friends and family hopefully they show up uh but yeah that's that's pretty much it for me i don't really have much else going on this season so the oh, I am looking for, i'm looking looking yeah, the podcast and i'm looking <laughs> forward to playing at woba with uh, a couple of my friends so that'll be fun too awesome uh, for me, I guess it's it's going to World Bowls and uh, seeing how that all pans out. Um, I'll be hanging out with Rob a little bit with his shirt and uh, yeah. and Captain Corduroy, <laughs> <laughs> who is Derek Dillon, by the way, for, for those that Derek don't Dillon. know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the fours. I'm really focused on the fours. I played with Luke last year, and we we were one shot away uh, from making it to the medals, and we want to do. Uh, that and so much better next uh, this coming season. Um, that's that's kind of the main focus right now. Yeah, awesome, cool. Rob, uh, Ralph Ellis would like to know before we let you go here. Uh, did you trash talk Shannon McElroy? Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not a trash talker on the green. Unfortunately, uh, it's never been a skill that I'm uh, I'm good at. I need to work on my my chirps a little more. I think. Really, <laughs> you gotta go play. Gotta go play some pickup hockey or something. Exactly. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> I gotta come up with some good lines for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Rob. Thanks very much for your time today. I appreciate you, you uh, coming onto the podcast and having a conversation. I had a really good time talking to you, as I always do. It was a lot of fun. And uh, once again, thanks and uh, good luck with your upcoming season. And uh, don't just so you know, you have the support of the Canadian Bowler all the way. So that's right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It was great to be here. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks Rob. Rob. Take care. Bye. Well, Daryl, that was a good time. Had a fun time talking to Rob. It's uh, always nice talking to somebody who's such a good friend as Rob is to me. So It is. And, I, and that I was really, a great I, conversation, man. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, he's a young guy. He's on the national team. He's played at every level doing something. So uh, his perspective is great for those that are coming up and, and saying, you know, this is kind of yep. where you need to go in order to, to get there. Awesome, and he speaks. He speaks very well too. So he's uh, very well spoken. So I think that's true. It makes it makes it a lot easier for us. That's very true. And I uh, would like to, before we go into the next little part here, I just like yeah. to thank everybody who uh, decided to tune in and ask questions uh, for Rob. If anybody else has any more questions, whether they could be for Rob if you'd like, or for us, or whoever, uh, don't still don't be afraid to post them, and uh, we'll answer them the best we can. And uh, so, Daryl, I think what I see here on the screen is you'd like to move on to the BPL. Oop. Yep. Let me move that around a little bit here. Sorry, I thought that's where we were going to. I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, we are. Okay. 
my screen was a little off on on the uh, the preview there so we're getting better we promise yeah i hope so um so yeah i just really wanted to talk about the bpl it's coming up for for canadians uh we don't have a lot of stuff going on right now um but for those of you who uh who are looking for something to watch something to get interested in something to keep that uh bulls fire burning uh during the winter uh once when you, you can't do a lot of other things uh the bpl is coming up uh starting up this week coming tuesday right there i think yeah i think it's tuesday and so. i'm not sure but uh we just want, kind of wanted to give a shout out to that and say you know this is something that we can watch something that we can stream uh take a look at it's a fun uh really exciting uh event that's in australia it has uh, a lot of international players, a lot of the top in the in the field. As you can see from the picture I've got up here, uh, you've got Alex Marshall, you've got uh, Ryan Bester, Chloe Stewart, and uh, Natasha Scott, some of the best bowlers uh, that you'll find anywhere. Um, and if I flip, uh, this is online. So if you go to Bulls Australia, you can find the program and it'll show all the stuff uh, related. It has a schedule of play, so you can kind of see based on your time zone uh, uh, what you can watch and what you can stream. Uh, they're doing, I think, streaming in the morning, and then it's on their uh, local TV in the afternoon, but hopefully we can find a way to see that. And then it's got uh, profiles of every team. So you can kind of find your favorite players uh, and decide what you want to watch. And of course, the Murray Steamers, which is uh, Ryan Bester's team. You can see his happy face down here. And while we're while we're highlighting that, Daryl John Seitman says it's going to be quite the combo with Bester playing with Joe Edwards. Uh, we were actually speaking about that today, John, about how that's uh, going to be a deadly combo for sure. Yeah, adding Joe to that. Team. And they're they're playing, I guess, um, at their home club, so Moama uh, Bowling Club is actually one of the clubs that they're playing, and that's where the Murray Steamers uh, uh, home base is. So you've got uh, Ryan Bester, who's obviously uh, needs no introduction. Uh, but you've got Joe Edwards and uh, Michael Walker. And Michael Walker is uh, Moama uh, representative that's on the team, uh, for those of you that might not know that name. But he's been playing on that team uh, since it started, I believe. Um, so yeah, just something to, to take a look at. We, we kind of want to promote things that are going on in bowls all over the world so that you in Canada and anybody that's watching uh, around the world uh, can kind of know what's going on and what we can tune into next. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John also mentioned, uh, don't count out the Melbourne Pulse uh, with Gary Kelly, Barry Lester, and Tasha Scott. Yeah, that's also a very good team. I've played against Gary Kelly myself, and he's absolutely a incredible player, does some amazing things, and he's a very passionate player as well. So he's not the easiest person to play against, I would say, and he's a very good guy. So, yeah, that's, that's a right. good team to watch as well. Um, so next, I think, we are going to go over the calendar of events for the 2020 season. Yeah. If you're ready for that, Daryl. Yeah, you, we got it up. So um, you can find this on bullscanda.com. Uh, uh, I was going to say .ca.com. Don't go to .ca. Um, <laughs> we've got the 2020 calendar of events. So we've got the Canadian Youth, August uh, 2nd to 7th. Um, you're in Peterborough. That's in Peterborough. Uh, go and see Luke. Uh, if you want an interview, you can try to badroom and maybe he'll give you an interview. I don't know. Never know. <laughs> if uh, if Ralph Alice can hook me up with one of those OLBA vlog cameras, you never know. There you go. Um, 
We've got the pairs and the fours and the outdoor singles, which are both being played uh, in Edmonton at the Commonwealth LBC. And uh, the pairs and fours run from August 18th to 22nd, and the singles from the 23rd to the 27th. Uh, the mixed pairs are going to be uh, in Halifax at the Wanderers uh, LBC, and that's from September 15th to 19th. Uh, they're still looking for a venue in BC for the senior triples, so that's to be determined. So make sure if you're interested in that, you go to Bulls Canada and check out regularly. And then the indoor singles is obviously at the PIBC, uh, which is in Vancouver, and that's October 19th to 24th. Awesome. Yeah, it's looks like a pretty, pretty good year. All, all nice and spread out. That's right, man. Um, so I think uh, we're ready to move on to, I think, what's going to have to be our final segment of the day, which would be Daryl's Coach's Corner. <laughs> that one. All right. So uh, hopefully what's going to be a staple of this uh, is the Coach's Corner, um, where I can talk about stuff that I find interesting, it's questions that I've been asked um, from you, the viewers. If you have questions that you want answered, you can hit me up on Twitter, you can hit me up on any social media platform, or um, if you check the description in the in the video, there's all of our contact information, including our email, which is canadianlongbowler at gmail.com. And you can send questions there and we will try to address them in uh, one of the next shows uh, if it lines up. So as part of my coach's corner this uh, time around, I wanted to talk about the effective first bowl. Um, I get quest asked a lot of questions about this. It's something that we focus on at the national level. And I think it's something not everybody can wrap their head around. So hopefully I can take just a little bit of time here and uh, get you to focus on some of the stats uh, that I can pull out. So effective first bowl. What's the importance of an effective first bowl? Well, there's a lot of things that uh, are I guess a benefit of getting that effective first bowl. The effective first bowl is um, the jack is rolled out. I can get that very first shot within a mat length of the jack. So um, whether it's me throwing the jack and throwing my first bowl onto it, or as the opposition, I can nail that first bowl and be the first one to the jack. It can help swing that game or that end at least um, hugely in your favor. Okay. It focus, uh, yeah, focus, focuses your delivery on being within a mat length of the target. So that two-foot circle is what you uh, want to be in around the jack. Um, an effective first bowl helps you manage pressure. So when you nail that first bowl and you know that you're close and you know that you're either the scoring bowl or a very good second shot, the pressure can drop down. You can say, okay, I've got another bowl or another two bowls, whatever it is, um, to improve on that. I've nailed that first one, I can do it better, or I can play position. Um, you're taking that pressure and you're moving it on to the opposition. So I nailed that, now the person's saying, oh, sh oh crap, uh, that person's really close. How am I gonna beat that? Do I need to, I need to draw closer? Or I need to get even better than that. Um, your pressure goes down, their pressure goes up. And if you can have a high effective rate of um, that first bowl, you can erode the confidence of the other team down over time. So I keep nailing that first bowl, and the person's going to say, oh, man, you know, when is Daryl going to let up? Uh, 
um, when am I going to be able to, to get that next shot in there? Or when am I going to be able to be um, uh, the first shot? And slowly and slowly and slowly, you can push them down and your confidence keeps going up. And it's just a cumulative effect uh, over time that you start to distance yourself. Uh, it's really, really effective. And what I like to call execution versus desperation. So getting that first bowl in, um, I can now execute my plan. I've hit that first bowl. Now what do I need to do? Do I need um, to put in my back bowls? Do I need to put in position? Do I need to add uh, to that? Um, I'm not so worried about um, getting that, that bowl close. Now I can start to work on my plan and say, okay, uh, what what am I doing next? What am I going to do to improve it? What am I going to do to to make sure I'm the shot at the end of the uh, end of the end? Um, and you can stop chasing points. Um, I'm not in desperation mode. I'm not trying to do damage control. You know, I threw a loose ball um, way out in front and narrow. Um, now I need to to think about okay, how am I going to change that up and actually get close? Uh, I I go from effective first bowl and executing to loose bowls and being in desperation to say, okay, I need to get a second shot. I need to get um, something close and cut this down. Um, I'm losing in the game. I need to get the next shot. It's it's more of a desperation and you're trying to, to catch up. It allows for building ahead. That plan that you you draw up and, and want to play, you can't do that unless you, you execute your bowls. And that allows for positional play, right? You're not just trying to get close to the jack. You can actually play uh, good shots that um, keep you in the game. And uh, those with the higher percentage of effective first bowls tend to win uh, more ends overall and tend to win the game. Um, it's not 100% all the time, but a high, high percentage. So what I want to do is uh, throw some data to back it up. I went back to the 2019 Canadian Singles Finals, and I actually tracked every single end with effective bowls on both sides. So I did the men and the women. And I gathered up all that information and I've got it here for you. So there were 49 ends played, 392 bowls rolled. Uh, the winners, they had 17 of the 49 ends with an effective first bowl. That's roughly 35%. The losers only had 10 of 49, which is around 20%. Now, I will say that um, it might have been some tough conditions. It might have been um, a tough rink. Who knows? Um, but as you can see, the winners had a higher one. The losers had a lower one. That should be pretty apparent. 18 of 27 ends had an effective first bowl. And the, the player won those points on 67% of those. So when someone played a good effective first bowl and the other person did not, that person won 67% of those ends. That's a huge percentage to win overall in the game. And if you're increasing your number of ends that you have that first bowl effectiveness, you will grab 67% of those large grouping of ends. It's, it's a really big deal. And then it was pretty much uh, um, half and a dozen of one and uh, six of the other. It was 55% uh, of the ends um, had effective first bowls and then the mixed ends where it was split you know it was between 40 and 60 percent one way or the other on on who won those so I mean you could probably slice that down the middle and say most of the time it's a 50-50 who's going to win that end um, 
on the women's side, I had um, 11 ends that were just kind of mixed, where either nobody had an effective first pool, or, so, or both kind of got one. And one side won 5 of 11, the other side won 6 of 11. And on the men's side, uh, one person won 5 of 12, and one person won 7 of 12. Um, that first bowl can make a huge, huge difference in what you're going to get out of it. Um, so I welcome any questions on this. Um, if you want some more information, if you want uh, to talk about strategy and what you need to do to get better, um, hit us up, social media, um, email, whatever it is in the chat uh, that you're looking at right now. And everything is in the description box below. So check us out um, and, and let us know. And with that, I'll bring back Loop. Thanks, Daryl. That was a good segment. I really enjoyed listening to that. Lots of good information in there. And uh, just briefly here, uh, I have a small segment that I would like to do for myself. Uh, it's just a couple couple random facts that I uh, researched real quick about polls. Well, Daryl was talking there. I think uh, I'm a big fan of random facts about sports and whatever else. <laughs> Um, right. So I uh, just reading here, it says uh, a bowling green has been a permanent fixture at the Windsor Castle in England uh, with uh, pr uh, the first Princess Elizabeth and Queen Victoria being avid bowlers. I did not know that. <laughs> and also just another one quick today. Uh, bowls has been played at around 7,200 clubs in Britain alone, which I thought is a lot. That's so a lot I thought I'd just, just thought I'd throw those couple quick things in there. And uh, unfortunately, I hate to do this, but I'm on a little bit of a time crunch today, Daryl. So I might have to say that's uh, that is all I can do for today. Hey, we've been uh, going for almost an hour here, and which is awesome. Hour, yeah. Right? yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, talking to you and talking to Rob. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I know we've said this a few times over the over the course of the show. I uh, can't stress it enough, though. Uh, any feedback or comments on the comment section? Uh, personal, personally to me or Daryl or via email, whatever, whatever is easiest for, for you. Absolutely. Uh, we'll take anything from anybody and everybody, uh, any sort of, uh, feedback, whether it's criticism or positive, positive stuff, uh, whatever it all helps. And, uh, just a quick thing I'd like to add as well, uh, in the comment down below, uh, just, uh, comment who you'd like to see as a future guest on the, on the, the Canadian Bowler podcast. And, uh, with that being said, uh, thanks Daryl. Thanks everybody for thanks, tuning Luke. in. And until next time, may all your shots be touchers.